Good afternoon, LBC Radio. My name is Corey Rosen, and you're listening to The Story Podcast. And today, I have a super awesome guest. But before we get into that, if you have enjoyed or liked the story and enjoyed this episode today, please be sure to like, subscribe, share with all your friends. And with all that said, let's get into today's episode. Today, I have on Mr. DeJuan Rosado. Yes, sir. Juan Rosado, a native of Lancaster, PA, also known as Spoken Music, is a multifaceted hip-hop performing artist. Born on June 19, 1987, he started playing the drums in church at the age of five and realized that he had a gift of writing poems and spoken word at the age of 14. He continued to play drums throughout the years as he began to write and produce music as a teen. Growing up with a spiritual background is what has influenced the deep inspirational topics of his music. Spoken music has been blessed with many opportunities to perform across Lancaster and Central PA, opening for artists such as Kira, Kiki, Sheard, Kelly, The Truth, Vicky, Winans, and many more. Spoken Music released his first single, Superfly, in the spring of 2021, and with a heart for encouraging and inspiring people, he strives to continue to make music that tells stories about his life and how he has overcome obstacles. Spoken Music's main message in his music is, no matter how hard the road of ahead of you may seem. Keep going, have faith, and don't give up. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. It sounds like we got a lot to talk about today. We do, man. <laughs> Speaking about where you got started. I see you started you said in your bio you started playing drums at five, but is that really where it started or is it is there a little backstory to that? Yeah, so um basically I grew up, you know, in the church. I started out in the church. I basically say I was uh I was born in the church not literally but you know you get right. what I'm saying like so um yeah so my parents you know later you know during um down the road they became ministers and you know now they're pastors and bishops and stuff like that but um yeah when I was five years old around that time or well at least that's the time that I can kind of pinpoint where it all started but you know, I was just a kid in church and you know like like any other kid in church it's hard to keep still and there was one thing that attracted me and it was, you know, just instruments and mainly at that time was the drums. And there was different, um, you know, guys who would, would be playing. And I was just so tuned in and tapped into um, the the musician session section. And, you know, uh, the drums was just one thing that I fell in love with by constantly coming to church, like probably like three, sometimes four times a week. And I would look forward to just seeing you know watching you know the musicians play and watching the drummer play and it got to the point where I as a kid would set up my own air drums and um, we had um, metal chairs back then and I kind of would like set up my chairs I didn't like nobody sitting next to me because that was that was like my symbol right, right. <laughs> so I would you know sit there banging on my chair beside me you know were my symbols and um, yeah that's how it took off and then one day after church I guess for those few years as a child of me watching so much, they, uh, and they, you know, the, the grownups could tell, like, this kid is into the drums. And one day after church, they let me on the actual drum set um, while the piano player was playing. And I kind of just automatically kind of knew what I was doing. Mm. <laughs> and of course, I was rusty because it was my first time. But yeah, that's kind of how it started. And so from where there, you go from drumming to writing poetry, 
there's a, a lot of time, nine years in between that. How does that progress? Yeah, so um, so as I, you know, got older and, you know, they seen that I could play drums, so they would actually let me start playing for church services and stuff like that. Um, and then um, I think my first official gig was when I started playing for the J.P. McCaskey Gospel Choir um, in my 11th grade year. Um, that was like my first official gig. I don't even want to say gig because I wasn't getting paid, but like right. outside of playing at church because I was only playing at church. Um, and then, you know, as years went by, I started playing for other churches, played for over, huh, it has to be over uh, 20 to 25 different artists and, um, you know, different acts and groups and singers around Lancaster, Harrisburg, York, um, some in Philly and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, uh, when I was in ninth grade, um, I would even say probably seventh, eighth grade in middle school, you know, I just started like around that time, like uh, battle rap was popular mm. or, or was becoming popular and everybody was writing rhymes at the lunch table. Um, so it was kind of, you know, I kind of was on two different ends because, you know, when people are spitting their rhymes at the lunch table, I'm either making the beats on the table or I'm, I'm you know, jumping into the cypher. So, um, you know, um, as that progressed, you know, I noticed within myself that, hey, I might got something here. I, th I think I might have a gift of writing because everybody who I would share with at that moment, which wasn't a lot of people, they would be really engaged in the oohs and ahs and stuff. So as that as time just progressed, um, finally, I just got to the point, I think, in 2000. 13 around that time 2012 I, I really started like taking it serious and writing more rhymes and at that time nobody was really trying to hear me because they just wanted to hear me play the drums it's like you're a drummer you're not a rapper so yeah that's that's kind of like where it started started taking off so from where then do you decide drums or poetry and rap well for me like drums is like my first love so like for me right now, even today, I can fast forward real quick. Um, I gig a lot, mm. you know, so now it's not even like a hobby. Like I just enjoy, I get to enjoy it at the same time of, you know, actually, uh, you know, working and making money to do it. Um, so it's, it's always still a hobby. Like I, I you know, so whenever I get a chance, I like to sit behind the, the kit and just practice or play around or whatever. Um, so right now, you know, drumming is just a lifestyle. Like, it's just something that I do. It's just something that I will never be able to, like, you know, give up or anything like that. Now, rapping, on the other hand, um, you know, that's just that's that's become something more of a part of my artistry and being a musician. And it just goes hand to hand, hand in hand because I also produce music. Um, so now I can make my own beats and then rap over them. Um, but, yeah, it's it's very it gets very interesting because it's just like. It's that's for a while that was a hobby. It's still a hobby, but not as much as it was. Um, but I love to write music and it doesn't just have to stick to just it being a rap. It can be writing a song for somebody else. It can be writing some choruses, some singing choruses and stuff like that. So I think they, they battle a lot, the drumming and the, and the rapping, like they do battle a lot, but overall, like I'm a drummer first. Um, but my words, um, I love speaking to people, hence where I got the name Spoken Music. I love speaking life. I love to, to be able to encourage people. Um, I don't like 
um, to talk and rap about different things like like everybody else is talking about. I like to try to be different um, in a sense of being true to who I am. And, you know, whatever God has given me is is what I give the people. Yeah, I must say that uh, a lot of your your raps and uh, the, the music that we have here today is very much positive. Yes, sir. Whereas opposed to the quote-unquote mainstream rap, it's a lot of, you know, the sex, drugs, money. Yes. Everything that <laughs> most music is, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and um, I think right now, like, even in the mainstream, like, it pretty much um, it sells, you know, and... Mm-hmm. I think to a point we need to um, get to a point where everybody, like, you know, different artists can be more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Original. Um, and, you know. More authentic. More authentic. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to mean, like, you have to be a positive, you know, rapper or something like that. But, you know, on the airwaves, you just hear a lot of the same music and the same content. And to a point it just gets to like it's just like all right well i i want to hear something new so i'm glad i can be able to offer that to the world and um you know see where god can take me with that there's so many people trying to hop off the backs of of biggie or eminem or whatever uh not nosh uh, what is x9 or people like that takashi 69 takashi 69 when are we going to get something new? When are we, when are we going to push rap to where it could go? Where do you want to push rap? Um, I just want to push rap to the point where it, you know, where, like, where it started, like the roots mm. of, you know, hip hop and what it was doing, you know, for for the culture and, you know, how it was uplifting people, and I think is I think the content. It's like, you know, that we hear a lot these days is is cool to a certain extent. It's just like, all right, so like now that you made it out of that, like what are you doing? Like what right. are you doing for your people? What are you doing for your family? What are you doing for the people? How are you being an example? How are you making this world better? You know, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have none of it because it's it's expression mm-hmm. and people should be able to uh, express themselves or whatever. But that sh- it shouldn't just be that. And I think we're getting to that point. Um you know, some of my favorite rappers are people like uh, The Truth, um, you know, when it comes to more spiritual. Um, but you got mainstream artists like Kendrick that I love, um, Kendrick Lamar, uh, J. Cole. Um, I love Chance the Rapper, um, a big Kanye West fan. Um, you know, rappers who are actually like saying something to make you think and, and, and to make a difference you know, it's not to knock the the new generation. Like, you know, we we need all that. Like, we we definitely need to just have a variety. Um, and I think the way that this world is going, or how it feels like it's going, sometimes it's just like we just need some good encouragement and love. Like, this world just needs love. So, um, your words is powerful. Your gift is powerful. Like, whatever God has given you and. And I don't think God has just wants to give you a gift where it's just degrading people and talking about drugs and and talking about women, how we talk about women. Like, I think our gifts are made. um, It's it's made to do more than just like, hey, look what I can do or look what I got on or, you know, look at this car. Look at this. You know, look at the women I got. Like, I think I think music needs to at least in the in the in the black culture. I think it needs to be more effective when it comes to, you know, 
what we're saying and who we're reaching because we got these young kids who are coming up under us. And if it's getting this bad now, just imagine if we're not doing something about it, just imagine in the next 10, 20 years where it's going to be at. So I hope that I can just offer something where people can be like, you know what? This is something different. This is this is positive. This needs to be heard. And it encourages, you know, people to, you know, kind of go that route and try and kind of be this, be themselves. I was at uh I was doing a residency at um youth at the Youth Intervention Center in Lancaster, which is a juvenile and shelter home for the kids. So where I, where I actually used to work at. And um you know, the guys that I was in there working with, um, you know, they all were similar. Like, they were like, you know, we like artists like Lil Durk and, mm-hmm. you know, Lil Baby, the baby and all that. It was like, oh, great. You know, but, I, you know, I began to show them my music and like a different side. Like, look, you can love these artists. You can write about your struggle. But at the same time, like, you could also be lifting your brother up, your your fellow friend, you know, your your family. Like you can use your words to be more powerful than what they are. And by the time that residency was over that last day, they got to write some music to some beats. And it was it was very encouraging to me. Like, wow, like they took what I told them and they saw what I could give them or hear what what I can give them. And they took that advice and they wrote some stuff that was very um, positive and encouraging to build somebody up. To back off your uh, back up your point, imagine you grew up all your life listening to these rap artists, and what's popular is all the drama stuff, all all of the the negativity and all the struggles and all the oppression and all all of that. Imagine you grew up your entire life only hearing that. How's mm. your mindset? Yeah, it's it's very that's it's very toxic, and it's it's not a um it's not a wonder why you know a lot of you know. A lot of these young kids and a lot of these individuals are, you know, so inspired to do things that are negative and um, just things that is just, you know, can land them in jail or in a grave or in a hospital. You know, it's it's a, it's it's not a surprise of, you know, why things can go that way, especially if they're being glorified in the media. Exactly. And I think that's. You know, I think that the media is a very um, strong tool, you know, to uh, push that narrative. Mm-hmm. So your goal is to, as you said, to no matter how hard the road ahead of you may seem, keep going, have faith. You said you're working over obstacles. What are some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome yourself? Um, Some of the ob- obstacles that I had, like, and challenges that I had to endure is, you know, um, you know, like, you know, I had I had um, my kids out of wedlock, if we're being transparent. And, you know, I have a, a few baby mamas or whatever. And sometimes, you know, dealing with those situations of the wrong decisions that I made in my in my past, some stuff that I have to deal with, you know, um, to just be a better person or be a better father. Mm. Um, my natural father um, wasn't in my life as a child, as a teen, um, even as a young adult, um, we basically met in 2009 and, um, my mom, you know, she married my, my stepdad, who's, I call my dad. 
because <laughs> he's been there since I was born. And, um, you know, he's he's done a good job with, you know, raising me and stuff like that. But there was always that feeling of just like, you know, I wish I wish I knew who my real dad was. Like there's certain aspects that my stepdad can't give me that my real dad probably could have, you know. So I always wanted to be better than that, you know. Um, but like being a young um, black father can be hard at times, um, having to deal with uh, the system. I feel like the system sometimes isn't always on our side. You know, it makes it hard for us to be a father. Um, it, it's almost like we have to pay. And, pay to play, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and different types of ways and, and mainly financially just to be there, not mm-hmm. even to take care of them to pay just to be there for them. So those are some of the obstacles and I don't never need um, a pat on a, a, on the back or anything like that. You know, obviously we all have made mistakes in our lives and we're, we all have to deal with the consequences, but those consequences make us stronger. And a lot of the stuff that I do deal with has made me stronger, stronger. Um, and I know how to deal with them better. You know, they were struggles that I had when I was younger. Um, that was I didn't know how to handle as being a young uh, a young father, and you know and and having that struggle in my and that thought in my mind like you know my real dad wasn't there for me like how do I do this or whatever but you know I was able to overcome a lot of that stuff especially having a spiritual um, walk with God and being able to pray and being able to um, talk to different people and being able to vent I think it's important that we we talk to counselors and psychiatrists and therapists, you know, just to talk about what we're going through or even spiritual leaders to kind of vent and get some of that stuff out because some of that stuff gets held inside and it, um, and then it can just explode at any given time. So yeah, definitely. And especially as men where we have the social stigma of we have to be strong, strong, no matter what, no Mm -hmm. crying, no No whatever. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's the thing. It's just like, you know, um, I had to learn that because and there's some, there's, there's been times where I, you know, sat alone, sat by myself and I just had to cry. But growing up, it's just like, no, you need to be tough. Man up. Man up. Walk it off. <laughs> exactly. Right. Walk it off. And it's just like, like, no, I need to release this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, For men, especially, you need to get your uh, frustrations out, your emotions out, and that that can take many forms. Whether it be you know going to the gym or talking to your your guy friend or 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 your therapist or getting somebody like that in mm-hmm. your life, uh, right? Or confiding in your parents or your loved one, mm-hmm. uh, stuff stuff like that for sure. Or yeah. finding a release like music to do yes. that as well. Yeah, and music music for me has been that. Like if if I haven't if I didn't really have music at the capacity that it's at in my life. Um, I don't know what I would have turned to because, you know, I always loved sports growing up, but as I got older, like I'm not that into sports like I used to be. So I like, you know, a lot of people watch, like I still watch sports, but I'm just not in it like, like I used to be. Right. You know, so a lot of people have different outlets that they can do. Like, you know, I work out here and there, but I'm not like so keen on like, oh, let me go work out, get this on, get this off my mind or whatever. But one thing about music is um, I can sit down um, and start writing in my phone or writing in a notepad 
and kind of my feelings would start telling me about myself. Like things would just start coming to me, you know, whether whether it's God or what, whatever it is. And I'm just like, wow, like I'm learning this about myself. This is helping me. This is helping me understand myself. Or when I get behind the drums, I don't see nothing. Like I see, it just happens. I, it, I, it just happens. And you know, the uh, whatever we're doing, whether it's you know, a, a, a band act or me just playing by myself, I zone out. And that's one of that's one of the moment. That's one of those moments where I take advantage of because, especially when I'm going through something, to you know, start writing or or get behind the drum kit, start playing, automatic automatically makes me feel better. And the piggyback off of that of the writing, uh, one of the one of the uh, drills or uh, whatever you call them, exercises that uh, people do in acting is they don't think about anything. They just start writing, and they just start writing, and then stuff comes out that they even they didn't even know that they were thinking or stuff that's way back. In oh, your so mind. that's a thing. That is a thing. Wow. That is that is a hundred percent a thing. Where if you just start writing without any thoughts, uh, without any thought, you just Start writing, mm. and all of this stuff from your subconscious, all the stuff that you're feeling, you're hiding away on accident or on purpose. Yeah, because you can hide stuff away that you don't even know about. Right, right. Um, right. will just spill out. Yeah, and it's a really great way. I've been starting to do this actually at night because I don't, uh, I don't know if you experienced this, but I know all many people experience like at nighttime is when all your bad thoughts or all your bad memories start coming out or all the worries of the day start coming out, and you're like, agreed, and you start <laughs> stressing out for no reason. Yeah. I, I've been doing that at night, and mm. it's helped me go to sleep way, way better. Right, so it's like therapy. It's therapy, yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, I didn't know to, like, what extent of it, you know, especially acting, because I'm kind of, like, learning um, a little bit more about acting and stuff like that. Um, I didn't know it was actually a thing that actors do, because there's times that I have set, sat down and literally did what you just said, just started writing and things just started coming to me, and then I just started to feel better, and and it motivates me. Yeah, it motivates you to do more, right? Yeah, more. yeah, that's correct. So don't be afraid if you're ever stressed out. Just to, just to sit down and write, even if you have bad handwriting. I've got got off. Oh handwriting. man, that's it, I have chicken scratch, like right. for sure, official chicken scratch. Um, that to the point where probably I only can understand. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. Um, there was another point. Uh, Mentioning being in a zone. Have you ever seen Soul? I love that movie. Is that the animated? That's the yeah with the black jazz. Oh pianist. my gosh, that movie was so dope. And it's uh, so if you haven't seen Soul, first off, go see it. It's just worth your time. It's Pixar. It's great. No, nothing more can be said other than it's great. Right. Um. But in the in the concept in the movie, there's the concept of being in the zone where you're so when you were meant to do something, you were mm-hmm. when you and when you do that, you were just gone you're somewhere else you're transported elsewhere yep and that is if you can find that for yourself mm. no matter what it is you need to find that for yourself and it's going to improve your life tenfold for sure i agree with that i agree with that so you mentioned is, is that a source of writing for you? Is that how you write your songs, your raps? Is, is just by writing it out, or do you have sometimes you go at it specifically with this message in mind? It's um I've I've done it in um different ways. I think the main way that I approach writing, you know, when I was growing up, is just start writing, mm. and um and then I started putting different beats on, 
um, and I write to those beats. And um, there's always different types of uh, beat measures and time signatures that I know this, like this, this line, uh, th these verses will go good with this, this will go good with that. So it's not all, it's, sometimes it's not about, I mean, even though, you know, beats motivate me, depending on what they are, sometimes it's not all, it's not always about, oh, I need this specific beat to get me hype. If it has that same tempo of what I'm looking for, I can pretty much write to whatever. But then there's also times where I'm just writing, there's no music, there's no beats. Um, and then when I start writing songs, um, that can be in different forms. Sometimes my songs don't come together for like days, weeks, months sometimes. Or I might go back to, I might go to my, um, what is it, the uh, voice note? Memo. Like I, 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 right. I recently went to um, my memo in my iPhone of something that I did like a year ago. And, and it was just me like, oh, this is a nice melody that popped in my head and I just start humming it. Mm -hmm. And now it's a whole year later. I'm taking that same melody, and I'm laying it down um, as a as a beat, and you know, starting to you know produce what I want to do with that, and then try to turn it into a song. But sometimes it's just it just all depends. Sometimes it's like you go in with the idea of I'm going to do this type of song. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to make this type of beat, and I'm going to make a song, and I'm going to write to it, and this is going to be that song. But sometimes it always doesn't pan out like that. Right. Sometimes I pull different verses that I thought was going to be for one song. I put in a different verse. Sometimes I do the same thing with hooks. It just sometimes it just always sweat um switches up. But um if I'm if I'm feeling challenged or I'm really trying to be an intentional about something, um I'm going to stick to that no matter how long it takes me, and try to stick to that content, stick to that that beat in the production. That's kind of how I did with uh with Superfly. Like I heard the beat, my homie Brady, dope producer, um sent me some beats. I heard that one. And although I didn't really feel, you know, being an artist, you always trying to challenge yourself like you can do better or I could have did better than that. But that beat had a nice vibe to it and I was just like, let me see if I can come up with a hook. Came up with a hook, started writing the verses and it just like this is going to be my first single. Let me see how let me see how this does, you know, with it being my first official song, because I've written so many songs and the type of type of musician slash artist that I am. I'll write a song or write a full song, arrange it, arrange the melodies, um, arrange the vocals and literally will perform it. Like there's like so many songs that I've performed that I've written and I never even you know, got got a chance to like produce them and go in the studio and record to them. So that's kind of how I work. You know, I'm trying to do a bit a, a bit better job at um, being more proactive with recording my music. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm always like, I love performance. I love being able to uh, direct vocals and put it together for shows and stuff. Like I love that. You know, so and especially being a musician and an artist. And, um, you know, being able to play a little bit of piano, it's nothing for me to be like, this is what I want. This is how I'm going to play the beat. This is the chords I want. This is the bass line. This is what I need y'all to sing. And it's nothing to just put a song together like that for me. Um, but like my peers tell me, like, I need to get in the studio and definitely make it happen with it. So with all that said, we actually have Superfly. We're going to play that for you now. Yes, sir. This is Superfly by Spoken Music. 
Superfly by Spoken Music. Listen, I see some people watching. If you have any questions you'd like to ask him, uh, please be sure to leave those in the comments below, and we'll get around to those later. But I want to go back to, we, we talked about what it was like uh, kind of being a, a black male in uh, the music industry and what kind of stigmas that come across to that. So what are some of the, the problems that you have had to uh, face or some of the uh, expectations that you that were thrown at you when because you are a black male artist? Yeah, um, I just think, like, it's just the stigma of either, you know, having to look a certain way, having to sound a certain way, you know, already being prejudged due to, um, you know, how the media pushes out uh, different content and what's popular and what's hot. You know, um, I think just breaking that stigma of, you know, I can be a, a, a black, a young black artist, and not have to talk about toting guns and talk about degrading women and stuff like that. Just breaking that mold because when you hear like, oh, you know, when somebody says something like, oh, we have, you know, we're we're bringing a rapper in, you know, people can probably tend to just think of, oh well, we know what he's about to get up there and do, you know, like I, I've. I've I've had that uh 
I felt that pressure in different venues that I was in. And then I, you know, I started doing what I do on the mic and people were really like, oh, wow. Like, you know, and also just, you know, like breaking the stigma, like we can like we <laughs> we offer more than just rap music. And I'm saying that on the musician side, mm. you know, like um, I love jazz. I love um, I love gospel. You know, I love I love rock. I got I, I've gotten to play a lot of these different genres and I and I love it. You know, I may not love it as much as I love like hip hop, you know, but I love them all, you know, and I feel as though I can um, I can either I can I can play some rock music. I can play some metal music and I can rap to like a country beat. <laughs> you know, um, so like just as being an artist, it's just breaking that that stigma of what people um, are expected to or what they're expecting us to do versus just being a little bit more open and showing them that like we can we can do more than just rap. We can do more than just um, talk about um, sexualizing women. We can talk more to we can talk more about. Um, we can talk more than just about drugs and, um, you know, smoking weed and dealing crack. Like we, we can talk more like we can we can open up the conversation. And I think um, we I think us as um, the young black artists, I think we need to be more open to pushing that and pushing that narrative where it's just like we can do more. And I think that puts us in a lot of um, more different rooms. Um, I think that puts us in a lot of um, different more like venues and stuff like that. Like people won't think a rapper's coming out and it has to be at a club. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It can be at like a a banquet, a, 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 a banquet for a politician, you know, having an artist come out and rap because we got some stuff to say about politics. You know, we got some stuff to say about what's happening in this world, not just what's happening in the hood. Right. You know, and I feel like our voice is should be um, very important when it comes to a lot of different issues than just, you know, and I know we're talking about music, but I can just go as far as saying stuff like, you know, when you, like we used to at one point have a lot of good sitcoms like Family Matters, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Martin and stuff like that. But we don't see a lot of that no more. We see stuff like, um, I can't even think of the names, but they're like all the reality shows of love and hip hop and, and all of them and uh, and a lot of those shows is just showing a side of us that that's not even what we're about. That's just you know certain certain just one one frame of the whole picture. It's one frame of the whole picture, and even with all that and then all the drama, there's a whole lot behind that too. You know, America has to heal when it comes to a lot of things. So it's all about us coming together. You know, being a being being as one, being able to go to a venue that, you know, a hip hop artist doesn't usually go to, you know, and I think that's um, breaking a, a lot of different modes and, um, you know, just bringing us together in unity. And I think we can get a lot more accomplished when we do things like that. Yeah, I was going to say one of the biggest uh, slights or crimes against the black community in regards to rap uh-huh. would be that uh, the media has portrayed and pushed all uh, the sex, money, and drugs, uh, yes. rap culture to the point where even black people only think that that's what that's the only thing they can do in order to get hits. Right, right, 
And and the thing is, like, you know, I do understand a lot, you know, um, everybody wasn't raised in a church like me. Like, right. I, I sometimes I feel like I'm too street for the church and too church for the street because, like, I kind of grew up in, in both. Like, I lived in the hood. I, there were shootings out in front of my house, like, every week. You know, like, I've, like, I legit um, grew up in the 7th uh, Ward of Lancaster. And I've gotten to see a lot of things, but at the same time, like, my parents kept me in church. They kept a, a spiritual foundation and stuff like that, you know. So just going back to the last point, what, what was the last point you just said? Um, the biggest crime against uh, black people in the music was that uh, the media has portrayed this so much that they only think yeah. young artists can only Got get you. popular by. Yeah, and it, and it has a lot to do with, you know, I tell, like, I know, uh, you know, my a lot of my people grew up in the hood and a lot a lot of my people saw a lot of bad things growing up and in their lives and sometimes that's all they feel as though that they can talk about mm. you know what i'm saying so i think that as we get older and as as we uh um get more be be open to more uh conversations and and be let in more rooms that experience us to some like different exposure of different things that's going on in the world to give us something to talk about, you know, cause some people literally don't know what else to talk. All they experienced in their life is heartache, you know? So I think for, like, I think we all have a part to do to, you know, we need to be able to get into, in those different rooms to be able to talk about those different things. We need to be able to experience some more positive things so we can talk about that because if not, we're just going to keep talking about, I just shot somebody or, you know, I just slept with somebody's um, girl or, you know what I mean? Like we, we just got to be more exposed to it. And, um, you know, and then as young black artists, we just got to be more open to looking for that. Like we don't want to live a life that is not like building anything up. Like we need to build each other up. We need to help lock arms and, you know, excuse me, talk about different um not only talk about the issues, but talk about the things that we're blessed about. Right. You know, there, there's many blessings that we can talk about. It's, it's just as simple for me. Like, I woke up this morning. I could make a whole song about me waking up this morning. You know, I got all the activity of my limbs. Like, I, you know, I can feel, I can taste, I can walk. Not everybody can walk. You know, um, can see. not everybody can see. Not everybody can hear. Can hear. Right. So if you have those things that, you know, a lot of things we um, we don't we uh, take for granted. So if you can wake up in the morning, if you can um, if you if you have your family and and you're still alive and you can come together, you can laugh like those are things that you can talk about. You know, we don't have to like everybody doesn't need to talk about the same thing. And then there's also a sense of cap. And, you know, people just saying stuff that just because it's hot and they've never experienced it, you know. So it's it's a lot of different conversations and, 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 and things to to talk about and things to change and stuff like that. But I think it just starts with, you know, people just having an open, more open mind. Like the media does not control anybody, anybody. Don't let it control how you think. Think for yourself. Right. Stop trying to do what is popular and what's most like the most hottest thing like that does not matter no and especially (laughs) as it's becoming more and more uh independent now we now know that you know 
what's pushed by the media always isn't the most popular thing anyway. Exactly. So don't be afraid to step out of bounds or don't be afraid to, oh, that's not my spot. Make mm-hmm. it your spot. Yep. You don't have you don't have to be confined by societal norms because societal norms are there to control you in most cases anyway. Yes. Societal yes, it is is it it is there to control you. Um that's a whole um that's that's a whole different topic that we would need a whole different interview to even touch on because you know, like I'm one of those type of persons. Like I'm a, I'm a um, truth seeker. You know, I'm a realist. Um, I understand there's different things that try to control how people think and stuff like that. And I like to go research for my own to figure out, you know, what's real, what's true, what are they trying to control me with. Um, I think if America is so concerned about everybody doing better and being a great nation, it starts with what influence us the most and that's music and that's media to TV and, and, and your phone and, and everything on and that sort, because it's something that everybody does the most. We listen, everybody loves music. Mm-hmm. So whoever's at the top, like give us something to be positive about, like don't push this narrative of, you know, this is what's hot. And this is the only thing that we can talk about. And this is what's going to sell. I know that's not true because if I'm being honest, music, the um, the talent and gifts of music has has went downhill versus, you know, listening to some of the music that I grew up on and some of the music from even before I was born. Like the, the, the talent of it like you can anybody can be a rapper these days. That's what I feel, you know, and I think it has something to do with. These are the people who are going to sell out and these are the people that are going to be willing to get this check to talk about this, to push this. So I just think that, you know, as, you know, artists, whatever type race you are as an artist, you know, just be mindful of not only doing something for the status quo of I need to get that check. No, this is your gift that God has given you. Use it to change lives. Use it to change the world. Because if not, then, you know, I'll take it. What are you doing? And I'll even go as far as taking it to church. Like the devil's going to the devil's going to take that thing and use it and use it to influence his his narrative. And one of my uh, best examples that I have of that is Aretha Franklin. I don't know. Did you see Respect? Her movie, you know what? Um, yeah, I, I that's one movie that I, I kind of feel bad that I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it yet. Well, for those who don't know, um, I heard it's a very good movie. Oh, it's so I, I have some opinions on it, but it was really good. Yeah. I, I really did enjoy it. Yeah. Um, the the main point of her story is that she, yeah, there's all the racism and all the stuff that's going on, and uh, you know, the corporate corporations are going to be corporations, right? pushing for a check, making sure that she gets uh, only popular hits. But she comes to a point, this breaking point, of all the stuff that's going on in her life and the music, that she just needs to go to church. Mm-hmm. And she needs to bring her gift to God, give it to God, and uh, she writes the uh, Amazing Grace album, her Amazing Grace mm. album, where she does yes. her gospel mm-hmm. uh, album. And the, the her record company was completely against it. Everybody in the world was completely against it. Yeah. And yet, 
guess what her number one album of all time mm. was? Was that one? It was that one. Mm. It was that. It, it was uh, if you use God's gift to the glory of God, mm-hmm. and it's gonna do numbers. Yes, for you. Yes, and, and not only that, like it's gonna do numbers, but in a sense, like um, God, God is God is gonna be pleased, and He's gonna open up more opportunities. More opportunities. He's gonna open up more doors for you to walk through, and. It's just refreshing to know that you're lifting people up with your music and you're pointing you're pointing them to the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so, don't be afraid to go outside of what what's what's normal or what's uh, what society expects out of you. Besides, who cares for the old guard of media anyway, right? Right, right. The younger generation needs to take over and let the no offense, boomers, but it's, <laughs> it's your time. It's it's our time now. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, bring up your independent media. If you want to change culture, do it. You can do it. It's, mm-hmm. It all got to start with somebody, right? And it's got to be local people. Yeah. I know there's there's several arguments about how to change culture, whether it's top down or bottom up. I really do believe yeah. it's bottom up. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I mean, I, th- I really do think it's bottom up because that's with anything. Um, just building. Yeah. You know, and starting at the root. So, yeah, I agree with that. Can't build a pyramid starting at the tip. Exactly. Exactly. So, moving on from that conversation, I feel like we've hit everything we could hit on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You also freestyle. Yeah. How do you freestyle? How does that work? Some pe- I, I know some people go up there and uh, they just, it rolls off the tongue and it's like, dang. Okay, yeah, okay. so... How does that work? So what I've learned um, over the years, there's different forms of uh, freestyling. Um, you got your freestylers who can spit off the top of the off the top of the head. Um, in many situations, with me just fooling around and hanging with my friends, I've done that plenty of times. Actually, it was a point where I was doing it a lot. You know, um, I wasn't the best at it. You know, just coming completely right. off the top. Um, it's a skill then, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of one of my greatest. I'm a I'm a big fan of people who can do that. And there's an artist, and so unfortunate that you know uh, he signed under Diddy, but ever since he signed, I, I haven't seen any albums. And I don't know. It's it's a thing with Diddy where people sign under him. I don't know if it's in their contract not not to let them put albums out. That's kind of backwards. I don't know. But um, yeah, like oh, like probably like a good eight years ago, um, this artist named King Los. And um, he's from B-more. And, like, he can take a topic. Like, he'll just tell you, like, tell, tell me. He was the first one to be like, tell me, give me a word. Just throw words at me. Mm. And it'll just be phenomenal. Like, his his dictionary of words was just out of this world and his rhyming. It was just crazy. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I can tend to do that, you know, at times. But my form of freestyling is just, like, for me, it's not like a, like a, a like a song or I felt like a like a single I can put out. It's just me talking on the track, just spitting on the track, um, and really expressing myself, um, and that not being like a a, a well designed song of a hook, verse, hook, bridge, and all that stuff like that. So just um, through composed. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I uh, there was some stuff like I had to get off my chest around the time that I uh, wrote this specific track called Again, um, or you can say Again, you know, because I kind of use both references or whatever. 
Um, so yeah, that was that was there to me because it was something that I was going going through at the time, and I was hesitant about putting it out. I was very hesitant, but you know what? I, I recorded it, and then you know a friend of mine was like, uh, "Let's do the video for it. Like let's let's just do it." And we picked a random spot, and we did it, and we did it. And sometimes. I know as artists, we can, we always get in our heads about, is this good enough or blah, blah, blah. Is a it lot. perfect yet? Blah, I, I got to change this to reverb or yeah, whatever. Yep. Whatever nonsense that prevents you from putting something out. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm learning that because uh, actually my engineer for my single, Superfly, who also was the producer on the song, I probably sent that song back to him like and probably had way more... Uh, sessions than I was supposed to but probably send it back to him like 10-15 times like can you change that I don't think you 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 heard me when I say can you change that part because I still hear it like just sending it back but you know it's a form of perfectionist that can be good but like it also can cripple you and in a way where it won't be to where it won't get to a point where it's as perfect as you're comfortable with to be able to release it and I don't want to do that like I do like letting people hear my song before I release it or hear my music. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. But there's only like there's only certain people I could really send it to them. Like, listen, be honest with me. From a musical side, from an engineer side, from the content, for everything. Just tell me if I need to change something. Like, give me your opinion on it. Um, but, yeah, I don't ever want that to uh, be my thing where it's just constantly crippling me. There's music, like I said before, like there's a lot of music that I I written and I just need to put it out. The world needs to hear it. Yeah, and with that said, this is again by Spoken Music. Most times, it's hard to speak my heart and translate it in the best possible way for somebody to feel me. So, when I write it down, it comes out something like this. Yeah. Out of all places, why here? I'm not a fighter, I'm a lover, but I fight tears. Unfortunate situations make the sight clear. Time to give this thought a conversation. Thought you might care. With these masks on, it's hard to say you're looking sad there. But it's hard to hide facial expressions when a mask tears. Prior to COVID, was good at hiding emotion. Emotion froze like a deer in headlights. You made me crash there. My two babies I haven't seen in a half year Never wanted to speak on it because I had fear Can't wait to hold them in my arms and tell them dad's here The contact was cut off here, didn't know you had shears The resentment tries to build but cannot hold a grudge So heavy I guess I'm weak, give them kisses and hugs From me until I see them for me, it's her eyes The one thing we did together was name a Sarai And Elia is an angel, oh I miss her cry But she has a beautiful smile that brightens up the sky Bottles up, 2020 had me swallowed up. I'm praying, hoping 2021 doesn't follow up. They say, but these legs want to give out from ignoring the sprain, ignoring the pain, and ignoring the chains. I just stepped in a few puddles, ignoring the rain. Oh, I'm going through this again, but I call it a game. And the pick is never perfect unless put in the frame. And the gifted won't see purpose unless looking to aim. And the riches won't fill the person if the goal is fame. Got him under construction, lower the crane and shame, and pick me up and build me up higher than souls on a plane with the nose yeah. of a plane i don't know what i'm saying but the request is clear at least he knows what i'm praying 
At this part, I promise to go a little harder. A black man loves hard, don't keep him from his daughters. I thought it'd never come to this. I thought you comprehended when I told you when I was younger, I hadn't known my father. I had to put a stop to the generational curses. My mom married a king, and he never was worthless. Food on the table, a roof, and we never was shirtless. Gave us a Bible, got some verses when the devil working. A puzzle almost complete, but still a piece was missing. Age seven, I learned the truth, now clearly see the difference. Prior to that, no clue, didn't care to see the distance. That's why being a better father is the only mission. A better man, a new path, because my focus different. No more emotional roller coasters and motion sickness. I stay far from the past and always stay close to forgiveness. Need my children in my presence like it's almost Christmas. Speaking of Christmas, it passed, still got their gifts wrapped. A precious moment I missed and will never get back. That cut deep, I can't believe that you did that. But God told me he got them, trust them, and sit back. Connected to a higher power and my highly favored. Thankful for the blessings and lessons and all the time he gave us. A lot of stress and neglection, I'm glad the time has changed us. I'm not trying to play the victim, never claimed an angel. I'm just walking the freeway, never afraid of danger. I'm just walking the freeway, Philly old school bangers. But it's a long walk, Jilly Philly's go-to singer. But I know it is the way it keeps me slow to anger. We all deserve a better place, we need some time to heal. Relieve the numbness and pressure so we can try to feel. If you're a father, don't say you gotta be kidding me. I got faith, don't need nobody to pity me. So that's um that's the swim swim um swim good videos or swim good oh, films. I see. Gotcha. It's their tag. I see. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> a little weird. Especially when you're not watching the videos. Right, like, what the right. Heck? So what was that? Yeah. Um, that was a gain by uh that's a dash gain by spoken music. Where can people find you and your stuff? Yeah, definitely. So uh, on Facebook, of course, spoken music, which is two words. Um, spoken music, music with a K. Mm. Um, on Instagram, same thing. Spoken music, music with a K. Um, where else? Where else? Where else? You guys got YouTube as well. YouTube. Um, I think my tag for YouTube is. You might be able to search it as my actual name, Dewan Rosado, or I think the. Uh, I think the um, the name is might be Chops for Days or something. Where it's Chops for Days. Chops yeah. Chops for Days. That's a drum. Z's instead of S's. Yep. There we go. Um, that's a drum reference. Chops or whatever. So, um, but yeah, that's where that's where you can find it. Um, I'm going to be releasing a lot more content. Um, and and especially 2023, I kind of have a plan and have goals set where I'm going to be releasing a lot of different music also shout out to them the collective that's what i'm saying yeah yeah Talk about that a little bit yeah for sure so uh them is an acronym for to heal and encourage musically and it's kind of something that we came up with um with, with some friends and stuff of at the time we did a project uh it was during COVID, and it was kind of like one of those uh situations where we recorded everybody individually in the studio and we did a cover to um excuse me we did a cover to um can't think of his name can't think of his name 
um, PJ Morton's How Deep Is Your Love. Mm. So we had everybody come in. And this is when I had a studio at Christmas Addicts. We had everybody individually come record their parts. I recorded them. Um, I had uh, all the musicians send their parts in, put it all together. And then um, then there was a uh, – so we took all the audios, audio, all the audio, we put it together, and we took uh, all the videos of uh, different artists performing, um, singing, singing their parts on the songs and stuff like that. And we kind of made like a video. This was at the time where – um, during COVID, where all the co- um, where all the um, uh, riots were going on, I forget what type of um, what what situation exactly was going on at the time, but it was a lot of like rioting. It wasn't the George Floyd? Stuff. George Floyd, I believe. Yeah. yeah. The Summer of Love. Yes. And um, so we did that project, and it went pretty well. And we're just like, well, let's keep this move moving. And at the time, we're just like, well, we need we need to do something. We need to become something, some type of movement. I don't think we, I don't want to be a band, but I want to be some type of movement. So at the time, COVID was going on. We was like, let's be let's call ourselves Quarantunes. <laughs> and then we was just like, nah, we can't do that. Like it's not marketable. We're not gonna be quarantining for the rest of our lives and stuff like that. Oh, I get it, Quarantunes. I I, I thought corn. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I can see why you thought that. Um, but yeah, so Quarantunes, but we, we didn't go with that. And then we was just like, we need a name that for a purpose. So like as time went on, we started to really realize what the purpose was about. And it was just musicians and artists coming together and um, supporting each other on stage, um, whether you're singing in the background, whether I'm drumming or whether somebody is drumming for me. You know, there might be a main act, uh, for example, um, Jeanette Way. She's mm. one of the Them Collective um, artists. She could be singing um, one of her songs or a cover, and I'm sitting back on drums supporting her by playing for her. Or I can be on stage and I can have my drummer playing for me and all the other artists singing background for me. Um, it's kind of it's kind of what we do to support each other or if, like, it. uh and one of the artists, her name is Catherine, for example, she can have a gig and she's going out and she might need a band and she might need some background singers. So it's um, then them, the collective features Catherine or we call her Kai um, or Devante might be doing a gig um, somewhere and he might need just a drummer to play over his tracks uh, for something that he got he got going on. So we all support each other in what they what they do individually and then we also come together whether somebody is, um, you know, asking to have us out or we're just throwing on our own concert and we come together and we just encourage people with music. Um, and we heal, we heal them like we, we love we all love music. We all have our own um, grind with music and we just wanted to come together. So um, recently this school year, um, me, myself and Jeanette Way have became um, teaching artists for the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts. I think I said that right. So what that is, basically, we're able to be on a roster for a lot of different great things to be able to take advantage of, but mainly going into schools, after-school programs, maybe elderly homes or anything, and and um, establishing residencies from either whether it's a, a – five, 10 day or 20 day residency and go in and do 
teach them our art or just, you know, put on a concert for them. And that's kind of what we've been doing. Um, one of the residencies that we started at, um, our first residency was at Price Elementary School. We recently did um, something at Wharton Elementary School. That was where all the teaching artists came together. We put on an assembly. It was on the news. It was it was really great. Um, it was like hip hop curriculum. I also did a we also did a five day residency. Them the collective did a five day residency at Wharton. Um, and right now we kind of just have this residency throughout the school year with the mix, which is right across the street from the house I grew up on, and I used to go there when I was younger. It's kind of neat because we can go in there. We're teaching the kids. We have a um on Saturday morning. We have a Christmas mixer that we've been um teaching the kids to, and preparing them to get ready for with acting, singing, um, poetry, um, a lot live music, a lot of interesting things. So we got that going on, and also like I mentioned before, we have a residency at Yick, which is the Youth Intervention Lancaster County Youth Intervention Center. Um, we had a residency for five days, and they actually want to have us back. Um, mm. So, yeah, that's kind of what Them the Collectives is doing right now. So shout out to Them the Collective and all the musicians. My 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 uh, younger brother, he was on the comments, uh, David Webb, um, Nicholas, um, who else? I don't want to miss nobody. Uh, Jordan, uh, he's one of the drummers. Solera, he's one of the drummers. Um, bass player, Josue, shout out to Josue Santiago. He has his own podcast um guitar player uh Patrick my dude and all the um all the artists and all the musicians that I've worked with in the past um shout out to all of them because they kind of helped build spoken music and help build the collective to where it's at today and that goes for anybody for a musician also shout, I'm sorry to Good cut point. you off also, also shout out my manager <laughs> he'll, he'll probably be grilling me if I don't say it. shout out my manager Corvon Miles which is my um my my best one of my best friends I was just going to say, uh, musicians, it takes a village to make a musician, for sure. You know, from your producer, from your guitarist, from your bandmates, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, none of us could be successful without the people behind us, the people behind the scenes, the people who follow us, the people who uh, share our stuff. Yes, for sure. For sure. So, with that said, if you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more uh, from us, from the story... Um, from Spoken Music, be sure to follow him. Share this episode with all your friends and everybody who needs to hear it. I think we had a really good, really good time today. It was really, really fun, man. Yeah. I need, I needed this conversation. I needed it. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Shout out to the story. <laughs> Shout out to them. And um, yeah, follow Corey when he does. He's he's doing some great things, and I see Corey just about every Monday at Tellers for the open mic, and he's a really good dude. Just about, yeah. So yep. be. Be sure to, and um, if you want to come out and see us, come out to the open mics. Yes. For sure. Yes. We always love support. I know it's getting a little chilly outside. Yeah, it is. But it's always a great time at Tell Us Open Mics. Those are started at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. And I think uh, my, my friend Corey Paternosters is hosting this month. So. Oh, nice. So nice. he's an, another awesome drummer. Also, can I say one more thing? Oh, of course you can. Okay, so um, for everybody who's listening, who's going to be listening, we're having an ugly Christmas sweater That's party. Right. I almost forgot. Yeah. We're having an ugly Christmas sweater party on uh this Saturday this Saturday at seven PM. If you want tickets, hit me up or shoot a, a comment in the in the um in the live and I'll give you all the information that you need. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of good food, a lot of good Christmas uh carols. It's gonna be 
uh, karaoke. It's going to be open mic, lip sync battle. Like it's it's really going to be a good time. Um, also in February, I believe February 11th, we're having our second, um, our second um, a celebration of the evolution of black music. Mm. Last year we had it for the community at the Christmas Addicts. We had over 300 people come through and we walked through the evolution of you know bl- black music and we're doing it again. And this year it's going to be at the Wear Center. So definitely you got to hit the Wear Center up through Millersville to get your ticket. Oh, with all that said, be sure to check all of that stuff out. The links for uh, them, the collective, and uh, Spoken Music will be in the comments below. So be sure to follow that up. With all that said, if you want to hang out with us tomorrow, we have a guy called Stephen Courtney coming on. He is a children's songwriter artist. He has five songs on, guess what? Sesame Street. What? Yeah, five songs on Sesame Street. Can you believe that? I need to listen to this interview here. So he'll be on tomorrow, and then over the weekend we'll have uh, a few other friends, and we won't be back until just about uh, December 30th where we have Central, Pen- Central Pennsylvania Music Hall of Fame winners, uh, the Frost Duo. They'll be coming on at that point. But with all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day, and we'll see you guys later. Peace. Bye.